this is Ben Bromley, and this week, unfortunately, couldn't do the podcast because Greg was sick and everyone else was, unfortunately, busy. So, I guess I'm doing one of these uh, little solo rants. Yay! Uh, this week, I kind of want to talk to you about just board games. Now, I'm a big board game fanatic. I love board games. Uh, they're really great to play with friends. But when everyone thinks of board games, they're thinking, you know, Monopoly, Life, Candyland, stuff like that. And those are fun for, you know, younger children, family stuff. But if you really want to get some board games, look up ones like Munchkin or Ticket to Ride or even Sellers of Catan. There are millions of, millions of other ones, different kinds, but those are just ones that really stand out. Uh, now, the reason I want to talk about maybe two of those more specifically is because Ticket to Ride is a really fun, really simple game. The core concept is you want to draw destination tickets that take you across the entire continental U.S. There's also another version that takes you across Europe and things like that. But what you want to do is you want to complete entire, entire, entire segments of train tracks going to different locations, such as you might have one that goes from San Francisco to New York, or you have one that goes from Montreal to Tampa Bay, things like that. And you get points based on if you're able to complete these different uh, destinations. The big point of it is this is a very simple game. It's fun for any level of competitiveness. It's the big goal is not to, you know, be the one that has the most trains on the board. Uh, sometimes you can do that and that can get you a lot of points, but the big goal for me is usually enjoying time with friends, being able just to relax and just have a fun, simple game. I don't look at it as a super competitive game, I look at it as more of a, you know what, we're kind of bored and everyone kind of just wants to chill, talk, and maybe just kind of have something to do in between the awkward silences that sometimes happen during conversation. It's a great party game, and if you're not into big into board games and stuff like that, it's a simple one that you can pick up and just be like, oh, hey, cool, I can play with this with, uh, I can play this with my cousins who are a little awkward and maybe I can get to learn a little more about them. Or you can just pick it up, play with your kids. For anyone that has kids that play board games. Uh, another one that I was mentioning was Munchkin. Now this one's more fun if you're playing with a group of friends who... You're playing with a bunch of close friends who tend to screw with each other more than anything else. The goal of the game is to get from level 1... Or get from room 1 to room 10. And you have to fight monsters. You have to deal with curses. And you have to deal with your friends trying to send you back to level 1 every... 20 seconds. Uh, it's a super fun game. It's super relaxed until you start playing. It is chaotic. It is just a mess of fun. And you can help your friends. You can really screw with your friends. You'll figure out who your good friends are and who the asshole in the table is. It's usually me. That's just a personal opinion, though. <laughs> it's really fun because you can look at it. You can play it as, you know what? I'm not going to screw with anybody. I'm just going to be the helpful person. And, you know, I'm not going to be the treasure hoarder. Or you can be the guy that's like, you know what? I don't even care if I make it past level, the room three. I just want all the things. I want all the treasures. But the big thing is you get to play with your friends. You can screw them over because they can be... What, what happens is you get... You level up based on how many items that you have and where you are at in the... 10 room dungeon if say you're at room three your base level is three 
but if you have certain items that puts you at level seven and then you're fighting a monster that's at level six well right there you beat it but if one of your friends wants to be a dickhead and decide to give the monster a plus five to intelligence and now it's fighting at a <laughs> at level 13 or no excuse me level 11 i can't math today it's okay uh, but you're fighting it at level 11, and you can't beat it. And then one of your friends chimes in, I'm going to go ahead and help you. And maybe you get two treasures out of it. And it's like, okay, cool. They get one of the treasures. And then the same dickhead that was like, hey, you know what? He's at level 11 now, or the monster's at level 11. I'm going to go ahead and make him at a level 13 because shits and giggles, and he wants to ruin everyone's fun. That's usually me. So, <laughs> but it's it's really chaotic. It's fun, and you can... You can play it at whatever pace that you want to. If you want to be the super asshole that makes everyone see that you can be the biggest dick in the room, you can be that guy. Or you can be super helpful, whichever one you want to be. But the reason I kind of want to talk about board games is mostly because a lot of times I ask people, do you play board games? And they say, no, those are more children's ones. And there are a million, million kinds of board games. There are ones that you know go for bluffing. There are ones for, you know, kind of like a gambling-esque mechanic to it. There are also traitor ones. Ones that everyone's cooperative for a little bit, and then someone turns traitor, and then becomes the big baddie. One of the best examples of this, and it's a relatively easy game to pick up and figure out. It's called Betrayal House on the Hill. And what it is, it's a tile laying game. You're not going to find the same configuration of the house every time. If anything... You can play this game a hundred times now with the new expansion and you're not going to get the same configuration of the house any two times because there are a ton of rooms. There are a ton of, you know, event and item cards, which you go through the house and collect as you reveal new rooms. But the big thing with it is you also have to collect omens as you're going through the house. And whenever you collect these omens, some of them can help you. Some of them are just kind of like, eh, hey, I'm here. But whenever you collect these omens, you have to make a haunt roll. And say that you collected five omens. Whenever you roll for the haunt, you have to roll at least a five. Well, say you roll four. Then the haunt begins. And the nice thing about this game is there are over a hundred kinds of situations. Depending on which room that you found and which omen that you found in that room. And no matter how many times you play it, I doubt you're going to pick it up and get the same haunt two, three times in a row. And the best part about it is it could be anyone, anyone in the game. It doesn't have to be the person that just rolled it. It could be the person with the highest intelligence or the person with the least amount of strength. Something like that, to that effect. But it's a really fun game. It's really... It shows you how people play because some people play, you know, a little more timidly like, okay, I'm maybe just going to go into this room, kind of hide out in this one section and wait for the haunt to go. Or they're going to be the super exploratory person who just goes throughout the house, ends up making the haunt because they went to every room that had an omen. And of course, eventually they're going to roll, you know, all zeros. (laughs) And it's a really fun game because of the traitor mechanic. And you'd be like, wow, Steve, why are you a dick? It's like, I didn't mean to. But the haunts are, 
the haunts vary so much that you're not going to be playing. You're not going to feel like you're playing the same haunt over and over again, which that's a lot of people's concerns. They're like, wow, there's 50 kinds of haunts. Uh, maybe it's just going to be kind of a reskin of this one or this one. It doesn't feel like that at all. All of them feel very genuine. All of them vary so much that you're not even going to really notice that you're playing a whole nother game from like, you're going to notice that you're playing a whole nother game from last time. You're not going to be sitting there thinking, wow, I am now like this time I'm the goblin and da, 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 da. You don't get that feeling. What you get is a genuine sense of, wow, there's something, there's a whole new mechanic to this one. Like last time we played, uh, you know, I had, uh, one or two plant tendrils that had to go collect the thing. But this time, now they, the you know non-trader players have to go find little clay pot or little clay figures of themselves that are hidden in different locations. It's little things like that. It's I love this game. It's hard to describe how much I love this game and how amazing it is without playing it. That's pretty much every board game. You have to play it. But the reason I love board games most of all, not because of the kinds of mechanics that they have. But because if you play it with the right group of people, you can make better friendships than anything else. Uh, so that's pretty much my little rant of the week. Uh, hopefully, y'all go out and play some board games. Enjoyed this little segment and we're inspired to go play more board games if you don't play any already. Uh, that is my little segment. Y'all enjoy. Enjoy. 